Merson has scored. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea, and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get onto offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Hurling on off the ball with Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. All right, I'm delighted to say Anthony Nash is with us. Anthony, how are you? I'm great. I thought you were have to get rid of me, Joe. Oh, not at all. Not that easy. Uh, <laughs> we nearly started the championship with a bang last weekend. Uh, I think it would have, would have been a bang if Antrim had won and if Waterford had won, but it was getting close to uh, fever pitch. So, what? What? How do you feel about the whole thing right now? Um. I actually was on last Thursday night there with um, Eddie Brennan. We both said off the air before we joined it that Dublin Antrim game wasn't going to be um, as one-sided maybe as people thought. Uh, like Antrim at home is obviously a tricky fixture and we just don't know where Dublin are at the moment. Um, you know, they seem to be kind of fits and spurts. Like, you know, sometimes in the league they were looking like they were coming together and obviously like they've one of the best managers in Ireland so at the start of the year we were hopeful that and like I'm hopeful that Dublin come good I, I think I'm, I'm a big believer and you know we want as many teams competing as possible but uh, Antrim at home have just become a, a very tough fixture for a lot of teams as Clare found out in the league last year Waterford and Limerick was yeah I think there was enough explosion inside and no <laughs> involved in the game itself without having any other one but um, I think look it's Probably like John Coyley came out after right and was saying like that people are trying to soften them up by saying they're so great and you know and all that. But I, I really think just look Limerick got out of got out of the the game with a win. I wouldn't say got out of jail or anything, but just got out of the game with a win and just look far from there. Yeah, I think that whole uh, John Coyley thing isn't really aimed at us uh, saying Limerick are great because no one's going to change their mind because John Coyley tells yeah. us to stop it. It's clearly aimed at the players. You know, stop yeah. listening to the stuff that everybody tells you about six in a row. Go and win the bloody fourth one, and then we might even be after we on our holiday on our team holiday next year. We might allow you to all have a thought about five and shut up about six. Basically, was the yeah, message. no big, big time. Listen, like and I like I did a piece there this week, like, and I was saying that, like, look, I I give Limerick credit as you do because they deserve it. It's not that we're trying to knock them down by making them soft or anything. Like that. This team deserves all the credits and all the plaudits they're after getting because what they've done is just exceptional. And like you know, again, not too dissimilar to the Dublin footballers and Kilkenny hurlers at the time. But like the the one thing we learned there from from Gary Keegan was about keeping the inside in and the outside out. Like you know, and you do lean on supporters for your 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 um motivation at times and help through games and it does benefit like you know and there's no point saying otherwise but sometimes when you're meeting people on the street they're trying to be nice but also if you decide to let it in like that pat in the back is very close to the kick in the arse like you know well like what you know say you are friends or an acquaintance or a work colleague of one of the Limerick hurlers like beyond there's not much you can say to them beyond saying geez you're, you're going well aren't you like it's hard yeah. for that crowd as well if you just just for a second to think about it like what am I supposed to say to this person that isn't that he hasn't heard a million times beyond like geez it's going well I wish you all the best but like you know I don't know. It must be a very difficult situation yeah. for everybody involved. Yeah, but you you summed it up though. You summed it like it's up to the players. Like we learned it in our latter stages. Like as I said, sports psychology. When they came into the game, when I was kind of leaving it, um, and as many people would say, I was mad enough. I probably should have started my career with it. Like, but uh, most goalkeepers should. Um, but like Gary was just very good for that. Like that. Look, yeah, you, of course you can hear it. But it's up to you what you do with it. It's like me giving you advice. Like you can listen to me if you want. Like I'm a teacher. Trust me. Half my students don't listen to me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they they try to listen, but they take it in and fire out the other side. Like it's just, and that's the side of it. Like everyone's going to be polite and nice to Limerick hurlers because of what they're being doing. Um, no, obviously they have the other side of the discipline issues and stuff like that. But 
like you know it's up to the Limerick players whether they, and they're look this and they're well experienced in that they've named a team and Declan Hannan is in the team but Garoud mm. Hegarty isn't in the team mm. I, I, the the uh, the teams named and the um, likelihood of that team actually taking the field you know we don't believe them anymore but is there a little subtle message in the okay you're named on the bench here for this game Garoud um, I, I, I was surprised at one line you know, and in fairness to Garoud right like like yeah. Like people are gonna, you know, put on any comments and they say ah, he's a dirty fecker. Like like I empathize with him at times because like the man is six foot six or whatever he is, and when he goes to hit a shoulder, he's hitting someone else a lot smaller. Do you know what I mean? No, look, he got sent off in like the second yellow was deserved and all that. But like he does get a hard time of it, I find sometimes, and he the hits he receives like sometimes are OTT and he doesn't go down you know what I mean and so I don't know what John is trying to do there as you said and that's the other thing like, like you know they're naming Declan Hannon we don't know maybe he is fit maybe he's not fit and maybe Garrod will play and someone else will drop back and stuff like that but um, look and that's the other thing like you know where do you stand on the on the teams yourself like what, what do you think like is the people are giving out nuts about it like you know and I find it very hard as a manager to kind of you know put out a real team on a, on a on a time frame like but is the time frame opera. is the time frame the issue is that the problem like well it's it's just it's just like every team have got a top end statistics like statistics team or whatever like that and and they're looking to probe and I suppose they're just trying to get a little advantage by maybe just saying look I'm not naming Jor today but you know he's going to start corner forward to maybe put him off the scent that's all it is you know what I mean like and I know everyone's at an uproar because they want to hear the team and they want to do it like but I I don't know are we ever going to come to a time. Um, where 15 and 15 are named as they are yeah I don't know I mean other sports just do it an hour before throw in or kick off yeah. really and uh, you name the squad and the squad can't change so you know who's going to play but there's a smaller match day squad in other sports Tipperary tried to do that last week and got absolutely slated didn't they do you know what I mean in, in a lot of parts where they name numbers and stuff like that didn't as well like, but I don't know like it's like like I empathise with both sides it's just, as a supporter you love hearing a team on a Thursday or Friday night and may have to go down to your friends and go geez there's going to be some match up here that's going to be this that and the other and you're unable to do that because you said like what are the chances of Groot Hegarty playing we don't know do you know what I mean like chances are maybe he will is Declan Hannon fit or not but I suppose it adds to it in another capacity as well but I don't think any manager is ever going to agree to 100% naming the teams the way it is at the moment like and giving a team a two day advantage like as you said is there any other sport that uh, like you know Robbie I know like my name or whatever like that but like soccer is more beforehand and stuff but it's gonna it's gonna rumble on until until a decision is made. Now. Yeah, well, the, the Leinster Toulouse teams were named at noon today, and we know exactly yeah. what's gonna. And there'll be no changing from that unless there's um, mm. a, a last second uh, injury. And there's there is something to that. Like so, we we do yeah. you can you do better analysis and have more informed conversations and WhatsApps go around about who's not in and who isn't, and it just adds a little bit to the tension. And you know what? The other side of it, then, like, is we don't know, like, and it's not standing up for Limerick, but maybe Declan Hannon is doing a fitness test today. Maybe he's doing one tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, like, Gerard Hegarty could be carrying a knock. Like, I'm sure, like, that Waterford Limerick game, for whatever else it was, was very intense. It was so physical. You know, bodies, I can guarantee you, were bruised. They're two big teams colliding into each other. We don't know, and we're just assuming because Gerard Hegarty got sent off sitting on the sideline. Maybe there's other things to it. And John Coyley is never going to come out and explain himself like he doesn't have to, like any other manager. There might be other reasons. We're just assuming that it's Gerard Hegarty is getting. Look, you sit down now after getting sent off again, like, you know, but like Declan Hannon could potentially be doing a fitness test. I, I thought he was potentially gone for longer, like, but like, we're not to know. 
Clare team has also been named and there is a significant change in that uh, Ivor Quilligan comes in in goals mm. and mm. I, that's, that's obviously tricky I, I did hear I don't know was it on the hurling pod the lads were saying that they wouldn't have been surprised if they'd made the chance the change at half time and if Faraday was going to come back out for the second half but he did he's not going to get a second opportunity and look you're a goalkeeper you've obviously potentially been through experiences like this sometimes the decision has to be made and it's the right thing but it can't be easy Oh, it's tough. I feel very sorry for him now, like, you know, and even I was think I was I was of the opposite out to the lads, like I was thinking, would they stick with him again this week? Like, you know, they obviously went through a league campaign and trusted him to be their number one and then I know no look, Jesus Christ, there was mistakes we made and stuff like that, but felt they're gonna stick you no. Know, Eva Quilligan is a good goalkeeper. He obviously was nominated for an odd star either last year or the year before as well, like a fine goalkeeper. So they are kind of lucky to have him there. But like Eva Quilligan's coming in against the best setup team now in Ireland for Pockettstone in the Gaelic Crowns, like so, it's an interesting game for him. And maybe they just felt that that the, that his mentality would have led to being, you know, more solid to the defence. But I wouldn't wish a, a bad day, especially a bad debut on any goalkeeper, like because potentially that could be his only game for Clare in Championship, and you know you don't want to be remembered. Like it nearly happened me sure in 2007, like when I played against Water and I left in five goals, you know, um, when Don Logue was suspended, like I had dreams going into that that I keep a clean sheet and maybe push down low going forward and stuff like that and then I went in and Dan Fennett and John Milan and Paul Flynn decided they were just going to riddle me you know and then for a lot, for about five or six years after that I said is that it? Is that me done? You know am I the goalkeeper that played once for Cork left in five goals and you know is going to be forever remembered as that like and uh, fortunately enough you know for me is I, I got a second debut and got a second chance but not a nice place for him to be you know and uh, I just hope he's mentally okay after it what was the, the difference in time between the first one and the second one? 2007, 2012, I think, got five, six years of a gap. And then in between that, no, there was a long time where I was thinking, right, I'm gone here, I'm going to head away or I'm going to finish off my career or I'm going to do this, that and the other. And like without an injury to Don Logue, I still would be sat here, I wouldn't be sat here, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like I, I would have been gone off the panel or whatever like that. But um, but yeah, I, like, you know, a turn of events got me in, like, but I could feel, you know, as a goalkeeper, it's a, look, it's a balls, it's a balls, you've one position to fight for. So you know I mean, that's it. You're either the best or you're the second best. And why did you keep going for those five years? Stupidity. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't, like I was offered opportunities to go to America during that period and pulling off the panel. And you know, I used to enjoy going to training. I was travel. It's ironic. No, I used to travel to training with Ben and Jerry O'Connor. And, I mean, with Ben, obviously, with the twenties now and stuff. And I used to enjoy it. And I loved hurling. And you know, I probably did beneath it all as I was a home bird. I was afraid to go traveling. Like you know, I was a mammy's boy. Um, probably still am. <laughs> but like I. Uh, I didn't really want to go uh, to to thing, but like pulling off the panel in, I was thinking like, sure, I'm going to be playing hurling anyway. Might as well be above in the best setting in Cork and enjoying it. But it was frustrating on match days. I was, you know, you're inside the dressing room after the game and everyone's getting a high five and you're being skipped. And then some days you didn't make the match day panels and stuff like that. Like you know, but um, but look, as I said, what happened happened. Like and I was, but I was, it was extremely lucky for me. You know what I mean? That it happened the way it did. Yeah, there's a great piece by Conor McKeown in the Indo today about the two uh, Tipperary goalkeepers who were in charge of uh, Wexford and Antrim this weekend. Mm. And uh, there's obviously three goalkeepers um, in senior management in the top tier in hurling, and obviously David Herity as well. Is there something about the modern goalkeeper and the responsibility that they have for being? Quarterbacks, game starters, you know, deep tactical thinkers. You're laughing at that. There is it. Is it just? They're probably just crazy enough to take on a team. Like it's just like you know. They always say like all of my friends will say you have to be a little bit mad to be a goalie, and then there's me. Like you know what I mean? Like all right, you know. I think we're just. I, I think st- like you're students of the game. If you're to be a good goalkeeper, you have to be a student. Like you know, I used to work very close with Sean O'Donnell when he was a Cork. 
he used to break down clips of me of opposition's puckouts and their setup for puckouts, and I used to sit down with him for hours on end and look at them, like you know, and uh, I enjoyed it, like, and I loved hurling, like, um, and I suppose you get a few of how the whole game is going, um, you know. So I definitely think that there is a side of that, like, but no matter what position you play in, you just have to have a love for it, like, you know, like the the three lads you spoke about, and then Davy obviously didn't as well, like, you know, you have to have a huge passion. Um, uh, for the game as well, but I definitely think we study the game a little bit more than opposition than other positions. Other positions are focusing on one man; we're focusing on a whole team and our own team. Then as well, you're trying to you know get your own setup going well while helping the forward set up well for the opposition puckouts and obviously setting your own puckouts for their setup. So it's a lot more time spent than you know visual for me. It was anyway. I can't speak for every other goalkeeper. Like, but. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne referred to them as uh, set pieces. Um, in the post-match interview that he did where he was explaining uh, Arsenal's press the other night and it, like it, when you think about it like that it is a set piece and you have 30 set pieces mm-hmm. which nobody else has the same number really yeah. and so therefore yeah. you do have to think about how the impact is going to have like a little bit a little bit like chess um, yeah you know, big time big time multiple yeah, moves big time, like, yeah like, like, you, you, like so for me at the end of my career and what I try thinking is like for an offensive puck out you actually have to be set up defensively I'm not trying to confuse people here now like, but you have to assume that like you're trying to win it, but you have to be set up well when you do lose it. Like, do you know what I mean? And I think that was a big thing for me as well towards the end of it. So like you are completely looking at every aspect of the game, how a corner forward sets up, where he's going to be, and stuff like that. So there's definitely a part of it where we have to be more, uh, you know, visual and you know, in tune with what the rest of the team are doing. Yeah. One last thing on the goalkeeper's front, and and uh, just to stick with Davy, um, huge praise from Derek McGrath in the Examiner today as well for the performance that and the, the level of detail that Waterford had in their performance last week and he compares and contrasts you know Paul Canark considered an absolute genius and Davey considered a madman and that's completely wrong he thinks that like if Canark was doing what Bra- what um, uh, Davey was doing we'd all be oh wow look at what he did and uh, in fairness like Waterford got all of the tactical stuff right there was just execution operationally they fell down strategically they were bang on yeah, like I was just wondering, is Derek McGrath to throw another axe into Waterford's year after his comments about him last year, um, saying that they'd win the All Ireland or whoever would be Waterford would win the All Ireland? Um, I look, I have to agree. Like, look again, I, I've spoken many a time that you either the people love Davy and whatever like that, and I thought he got a bit of a going over, like to say that he wasn't tactical himself, like or whatever like that. Like, he's been look what he did with Wexford, like you know what I mean? Like he took Wexford to the Leinster title, um. And each year they were becoming a team to improve. Everywhere he's gone, he's won another with Clare. He's gone into Waterford. I know he, the last time in Waterford mightn't have been amazing, but this time at Waterford, like he's he's gotten a team that really probably put it up the most to any team that have done against Limerick. Um, and as like as a Cork supporter, I'm really really wondering what this weekend is going to bring with Waterford and Cork. Um, but yeah, I think he deserves the credit for what he's doing. Um, I, I wouldn't consider him a madman. I think he's an extremely passionate man when it comes to hurling. I think he would never lie about that or ever apologise to that to anyone. Like he's extremely passionate, but I think he's doing a doing a great job. No, look, it's still he could go out next Sunday lose. They could be potentially fighting a, you know, an out uh, like that. But he, he's conscious too that it's just that was only one game and they have to move on again this Sunday without potentially without tied worker for the rest of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely gone. It's um and it's terrible yeah, for him. Achilles and it's brutal. Yeah. Like I feel so sorry for him because. Like that's another career or year-ending injury. Like he's been through some all, and when he is playing, I hate his playing against him. Like you know, and that's a compliment. He's such an intelligent hurler, and uh, anytime I met him off the field, was a nice guy as well. And you know what? As an opposition hurler, you never want to hear a fella being gone for a season 
you might be too disappointed if it was a one game injury when you were playing him, but <laughs> but for a year ending one. So look, I just hope he's he, you know for him his own sake because he's geez, he's been riddled there the last few years for such an exceptional hurler. Uh, talk to us about then the Cork team that we expect for the game against Waterford. Uh, a lot of familiar faces. I know that there have been some hope or calls amongst uh, some Cork fans that there would be wholesale change. That's not going to be the case, and it probably shouldn't be given the level of expertise and experience. You know, and uh, uh, yeah, like I, I said at the start of the year, it was going to be twelve or thirteen last year's team starting, and I, and it, it was always going to be the case. I thought Pat used the league very intelligently. He's after finding likes of Brian Roach there, and even he's given huge game time to Eaton Toomey, Brian O'Sullivan, and all these lads. With I still agree with the majority of the team he's put out, if not all of it. Um, and I know people in the public are going to be very frustrated hearing that because we haven't been successful with that team. But you know, being involved in the twenties there at the moment. Physically and hurling wise, you know, it takes a good few years for any lad to step up from twenties to senior. Um and they're getting closer, those players, the likes of Brian Hayes coming across is obviously huge for hurling as well. But Brian is only hurling for one year. So you know, I'm not saying they're gonna write off this year and Pat won't ever say that and, and nor will he mean it either. Um but I do think that they have to be patient with this team because I think he's at putting out the best team available to him at the moment. Um no, you know it's it, what team will finish the game or start the game even might be different. But I, I look, it's frustrating maybe for certain sectors as you said. But like, why would you throw in a young fella that just isn't ready yet? You're you're thinking of damaging his career then at the same time, you know. So, what's the level of confidence about actually winning the game then on Sunday? Yeah, like there's very kind of nervous vibes around Cork at the moment because like when you're the team that ha- you're when you're the only team in Munster that hasn't played a game. No matter who you are, it is a difficult one to kind of say, like, because you're going off league form. And if we're going off the last game in the league, it was Kilkenny. But I often say, like, look at that team compared to the team that's gone out Sunday with a lot more experience now. And a lot more important players of Cork still, like, Cork still can't do without Jamie Harrity. Cork still can't do without Patrick Horgan. You know what I mean? Like, and for the likes of them to be playing on Sunday, it's a huge boost. Um, so, like, I, I believe, and like, I, I, as in the piece said, like, they have to match Waterford's intensity. We all know what they're going to bring. They're going to bring majority of bodies to the middle third they're going to create overlaps if you don't tackle back those overlaps are going to kill you if you turn them over there's huge space in the defence then because they flooded forward Caleb Lyons coming off the shoulder he gets that hand passes to score you turn him over you've got a huge gap behind him that's going to create an opportunity for you which Tipperary did in the league I think they got four goals or five goals or whatever in the league but like you have to match them it's the only thing you have to go to and let the hurling flow after that but if you don't match Waterford's intensity and pace they're going to rip through you and it doesn't matter who you are. Um, so you just really have to get, like their game plan is built on speed, energy, tackling, fitness, bodies around the brakes. You have to beat them and if you don't, then your hurling won't have anything to do with it because you just won't have the ball. Um, we, we talked about the goalkeeping change in the, in the Clare game. What type of performance do you expect from Clare this week in the aftermath of last week where they're not desperate yet because you could still potentially mm. lose the first two games and maybe everybody's writing the game against Limerick off but like if they were to get something from this it has the potential to like really guarantee them a place in the All-Ireland series and then set them up for a run to a potential Munster final so there's a lot on offer but if they get hammered and if they don't perform then it could be a disaster and then the season could be a write-off there you go that's it exactly and the one team that won fear Limerick is clear because majority of those players went to school together played uh, colleges hurling together so they won't hold any of the Limerick players on the pedestal either like, and that was shown last year in the Munster final as well Like, probably the best game of the year You know, probably the best game the last few years but a performance has to come like because 
you're after conceding five goals against Tipperary, you know. I know Limerick don't go for goals as much as other opposition, but the one thing that John Coyley would do well at the Brian Cody, they'll pick and train their weaknesses, like, you know. Um, so Eva Quilligan is going to be in for a night of, you know, a constant, perfect setup. His puckouts will have to be on. It's an interesting one for him. I, I don't like go back to the goalkeeper again, but like he was told last week he was number two in Clare. So his head was obviously in the gutter for the last week and a half, two weeks before he was, do you know what I mean? And he probably knew coming into weeks beforehand he was, and now all of a sudden he's going against the other champions. So he has to have a good night. Um, but like Clare are a team that always put it up to Limerick. No matter in the 1990s, all the way, it doesn't matter. There's always a bitter rival between them. So I'd expect a big performance from Clare. Um, I, I think that the likes of Tony Kelly really needs to start to spread his wings. You're going to talk Carl Barrett like his Carl Barrett like, but um, Tony needs to have a, a monstrous game for for Clare again now the next night and uh, and uh, look I, I look I I would say Limerick will win but again I expect a tight close game um, and that will maybe kickstart Clare again now. There was another interesting line buried in the middle of the Derek McGrath column. Uh, can you imagine the vitriolic rush to condemn Davy post Ennis last Sunday if it was him who had masterminded an incoherent game plan that afforded 100 yards of space to the Tipperary forwards and lacked any defensive cover? Brian Lowen's liner bodied by uh, Derek McGrath in the column today. Going, what? What? Uh, yeah. But, I, I mean, were they, was it entirely incoherent or was it just those individual errors? I, like, I didn't, I didn't watch the game in uh, live, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't see the full ebb and flow of it. Yeah, I'd say, like, to be fair... I think the individual errors just came at the wrong time. Do you know what I mean? Like as well, I just thought the game couldn't get flowing for Clare. But like on the flip side of that, Clare scored was a three twenty. Like like Clare offensively have got some of the best forwards. Like I worked with Mark Rogers inside in UL. Like and you know you've Tony Kelly. You've got like it's they still have an exceptional side. Like so I Brian Lowen won't give a shit about what what that says or anything like that. Brian Lowen's going to go out on Saturday night with his tactics. They're going to be bullheaded to go down to the Gaelic rounds. You know I, I think it's going to lead to a fantastic game of hurling. Um, and I think Limerick will have to be at their best again to win, you know. Uh, and that's the way they're looking at it. Like, if they're at their best, they'll win. But Clare, 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 I think Clare are going to come, you know, it's an old statement, all guns blazing, like, I suppose, really, and, and play to their game plan, which, you know, it might be simplistic, but it's just about hard work, honesty of effort, and uh, I think it's going to be a cracking game. But, I, I look, I wouldn't be overly reading into to, to that. Like, you know, he has his points, I understand, Derek, like, but I wouldn't be as, as negative on the Clare performance. It was one game. You know, um, we might be able to say it after Saturday night, but we well, definitely have uh, far more evidence anyway, one way or the other. The other big yeah. game, of course, is um, uh, Derek Ling and Kilkenny against Henry Shefflin and Galway, and it's in Nolan Park on Saturday, on Sunday afternoon. Um, I, I obviously it was slightly different for Henry Shefflin going up against uh, his former manager, and we, we know all the uh, controversy around the handshake and all that nonsense, but. This is actually somebody who he played with. Like Derek Ling was in the half forward line when he started and moved back into midfield. They would have literally been in the same space together. It's uh, just an interesting subplot to this. You know, I know the the two Tipperary goalkeepers were actually going up against each other. They were friends and, and rivals for the position as well. Um, so it's rivalry week in GA. And, uh, <laughs> it's just a, like I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that subplot up until this morning. I was like, that is actually genuinely interesting. Two two people who were properly teammates going up against each other and Henry you know I'm sure under different circumstances would probably prefer to be in the Kilkenny dugout yeah mm-hmm. yeah look I, I, I'd say I'd say if timing had come better he would be to, you know what I mean if things hadn't fallen I think the Kilkenny job was probably the one he was going to be getting um, what does it do it probably puts it in your own head you'd like to win a little bit more you know what I mean like but again Henry and, and all those managers are not going to use the opposition and manager for any motivation do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think of this scenario now whether Henry used the first shoot for Cody or vice versa. I think mean, maybe there was words, all right, that, that Brian had said something last year in addressing him to the Kilkenny players about Shefflin. Like, but 
like you're still focusing on your team Henry Shefflin is a Galway manager on Saturday or, or the weekend like he's a Galway manager and that's it and that's all he's going to focus on getting his team right I know in your heartstrings you're going up to Nolan Park and you're you're carrying a Galway team into your own home but he's been given a job you know and that's the one thing about sport like I always find that managers moving around in soccer like that like you're selfish like you want your team to win and Henry's a Galway manager and the two lads like Wexford and Antrim they're Wexford and Antrim managers like you know so when you're taking out your own coach and you're given a job like I went to UL I went to college in UCC and CIT when I was at UL I wanted UL to win and that's my selfish nature like I want to be successful but I want the lads to be successful and that's the same as any manager as well that Henry's a Galway manager and he wants Galway to win in Kilkenny more than anything uh, last one for you then, right? So obviously they're killing each other in Munster at the moment, and uh, generally this is this is obviously the toughest game that Kilkenny and Galway have. But after that, it'll get a bit easier for them um, than certainly the bear pit that is Munster. Is this advantageous to the teams in Leinster who are competing for the All Ireland? So I fell into the I fell into the trap last year of saying that the Munster teams were better than the Leinster teams. You know what I mean? But like what it was for me was that it was the competitive nature of Munster was better than the competitive nature of Leinster. Kilkenny came out and Galway came out and beat Cork and, and Clare and blew my theory out of the water. I know it's only one of games and stuff like that, but I definitely think that there's there's a huge gap in the in the um, standard of competition in both provinces. I'm not going to fall into the trap again and say there's a standard difference in teams. Because Kilkenny again, obviously, and I still think Kilkenny are the kingpins in in Leinster at the moment. But there's definitely something that can be looked at there, like where you know I know Westmead drew at Wexford last year or beat Wexford, West drew with them, wasn't there or something like that? And but like most of the time, unfortunately for those teams, they're they're seen as the whipping boys of the competition, and you know they're you train harder those weeks and you can get bodies in and stuff like that, and you're not maybe going as hard. So there's definitely a huge advantage because you can train better during the league without like. I'd say those Limerick and Waterford lads facing into the weekend, like I know Clare are the same, like, but that Limerick and Waterford game was so intense. And there's no down week. Like there's like you've got Limerick, if they win, they go through whatever. You've Clare fighting for their lives. You've Cork I believe the pressure's on Cork this weekend as well because you've two home games first and you're travelling to Ennis and the Gaelic Grounds in fighting for your life. You don't want to be in a position where you've no win going down there. But I think the pressure is just Huge in Munster, absolutely massive. And I know, I know you'll argue the pressure is huge in Leinster, but the pressure is huge in Leinster for four teams. And from now, putting their hand up as well. But like it was always between the Wexfords, the Dublins, and uh, and uh, you know now the Andrums to fight out for the last two or the last one. I mean, but like in Munster, it's anybody. So there, I, I definitely believe in, in competition wise, there's a huge difference. And I do believe you. I like a team that comes out of Munster is obviously well tested, but a team coming out of Leinster probably has a better kind of. Uh, get around a balance of, of, of performance and training you know alright we've got to leave it there for this week Anthony enjoy the weekend thanks no a million cheers Hurling it's anyone's game Off the Ball has teamed up with Senior Hurling Championship sponsors Board Gosh Energy to uncover stories highlighting the positive impact hurling has had on people's lives for full competition details please visit boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash home slash bge dash gaa Hurling on Off the Ball with Board Gosh Energy proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship 